I think we've used that a lot on the Fieldwork podcast. They also have you record your audio separately, though. They do, yeah. Yeah, yes. That's why I have my wife do it. (laughs) I don't even do much of it anymore. The podcast stuff, I don't. That's why we have Carmelo do it. Yes. I just send him the file and tell him to do it. He's very good. Has he included himself on the podcast or does he always edit his name out? Get rid of him. Oh, no, I think he does because he responds to my emails and he's like, I'd love to be on the podcast. Just one thing. I'm from North Carolina, not East Carolina. So apparently I said East Carolina. Apparently I said East Carolina on the last podcast. There are not a lot of people from East Carolina. I don't remember which one when we were talking about him on. I don't know if it's aired yet. Mitchell's or Buffalo. I mean, I don't remember hearing on Buffalo. So unless it was on Mitch's. Mitchell's was also long and we were all pretty tuned up, I think, by the time we got started on that one. Yes, we were. Yep. I'm a little nervous on that one. I don't know. On Mitchell's? Yeah, just because I drank enough. And then Mitchell is a talker. I'm like, oh, are we just going to be super annoying together? Me and Mitchell make like the world's most annoying Mm -hmm. couple. That's fine. I got super drunk during our 24-hour live stream. (laughs) You did a 24-hour live stream? We've done it two years in a row. Here, you got to tell the story into the mic. Oh, so yeah, I got super drunk at the end of our 24-hour live stream. And Mike was, we just got our brand new gator. And so he was putting on some lights. And so we was trying to tie like a light bar into the wiring harness. And he was super frustrated. And so it was like 10 o'clock at night. We started, you start the 24-hour live stream at 6 a.m. So we do 30 videos in 30 days. We call it the 30 and 30. We started it during COVID as a way to like, just people were asking for more and more content. So we did it in 2020. We did it in 2021. And so we end it with a 24 hour live stream. So Mike goes nonstop for 24 hours and I interject myself occasionally into the like You don't go to bed. You just no. he stays up the whole time. There's, uh, there's seven hours. Why? Of him sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Easiest live stream ever. <laughs> no, I think the first year you took a 45 minute nap at like 6 a.m. And you stayed live. Yeah. Yeah. You just Did, told him, hey, look, put it on our rabbits. We had two rabbits at the time, so we just clamped it to the rabbit cage and oh, was like, here you go. It would go. have been better if it was you sleeping. How many? <laughs> I sleep there just too. Just a camera right in front of him. <laughs> That's awkward. But you did, Mike, did you sleep the second year? No. Okay. So about 10 o'clock at night, I think the kids were still awake. They were totally unsupervised. And uh, Mike was trying to tie in this light bar into the new gator and he was super frustrated and stuff. So I was like, I'll come entertain the audience. And I think I drank four White Claws and I had had, I don't know, just four or five hours of sleep the night before. And like, yeah, we've been doing this 24 hour live stream, 10 o'clock at night. And I drank like four white claws. And by the end, I was just like, I gotta go. <laughs> like, I was just like, I'm, but so I just turned the camera and I would read comments. And so we're just live streaming from Mike's phone. And so I'm reading comments and trying to like tell Mike the comments and like, Hey, this person says this. And he's just frustrated. You can tell, like, if you go back and watch it, he's just super frustrated, but I'm like, is I there- drink claws and I know things. <laughs> I mean, I just, there came a point I was just like, I got to go. <laughs> Who's the guy that has the live stream that we just discovered recently where you can pay to feed? Oh, that was uh, Derek, Derek. Farmer Derek. Farmer Derek. So Farmer Derek, he has a live feed where you can, like, you know how you can use a super chat feature? So he's like a computer geek, I guess, and can do all this fun stuff for his family members. And you can actually pay on the super chat to... What was it? I, you could feed some you, of his animals, like you hit H or whatever. In little and feed, you see the feed out. drop down, 
and they'll come eat it. And it's just like a live stream going on. Or all you the pay time. to water them and the water shoots out of the water thing. It's yeah. the, we need this. Like, and it hit runs. whatever so button and the thing you, would spray water. So would the camera switch to whatever you paid it's to just feed? In the same, it was all in the same. same they were all frame. there. Yeah. So, and it's so, just, he has it running 24 hours a day, like all the time. Oh, so he's not in it. It's just on. No, the, it's just on a feeder. It's and just a water. on the water trough in the feeder. Oh, it's I've awesome. seen I've seen like hummingbird live streams or like sure. when the giraffes are born or whatever, you know, and you just watch the giraffe be born. Eagles so but you can actually give like birth to giraffes. No. <laughs> no. Strange a, website. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a 24 hour live camera. I think it's in California, and it's just a bunch of hummingbird feeders, and so you can just watch hummingbirds come and eat. That's awesome. Yeah. And I thought it'd be fun to do something like it here, like have a live feed of the farm all the time. But then I was like, oh, that would be like a liability <laughs> should, issue, though. You should be able to feed Zach a How Push H and you can give Zach a little, uh, give Zach a beer. I was push, just going to say. Push B and give Zach a beer. Well, that'd be nicer. But I was legit going to say, like, if they push H, they feed me a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a great live stream. You know, we just sit in the comment all the time. Okay, fine. For God's sake, someone push the milk button. Mm. <laughs> Getting pasty in here. <laughs> That's a cool feature. Uh, the live stream in the combine or something like the tractor for harvest would be cool too. But then, I mean, if you found yourself in the position where you accidentally picked your nose or something like that, wouldn't that That just happens be? accidentally a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the fall and you're breathing dust all day yeah. long. <laughs> Most of the time it's necessary. Yeah. You're just really in there digging out and like, oh no. Well, you could swivel it around, you know, hit the little arrow well, what to if spin you it forgot? around. Yeah, you probably would. <laughs> they should do a live stream where they get to pick what beer you drink though nah oh that would be they get to pick what beer that'd you be drink. entertaining oh no 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 <laughs> they'd probably all think they were getting me good by feeding me miller light right <laughs> they would like ah, sucker <laughs> got them good all right we have mike and aaron i don't i don't know your last names what <laughs> yeah we drove all this way life galloway galloway oh you know, for about three and a half years of our four and a half year YouTube career. We tried career. not to let that out, actually. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I so, would believe that. Yeah. For, for a good three years, okay. we said, you know, we don't want people to know what our last name is. And then I think. Just a bunch of press came yeah, out. Yeah, a bunch of press happened. And, and all of a sudden it was up. just like, here's our last name. And they threw it out there. And the funny part was that we had a lot of subscribers that came to our defense at that point, And they were like, hey. These it's guys don't want their last names out there. Yeah. And there was a couple, you know, Farm Show Magazine. There was a couple other things that, that came out around that time. And yeah, it was pretty interesting. But anyway, yeah, our last name is Galloway. It's out there now. So yeah, let it be known. It's, it's cool. It's fine. Yeah. So I kept my name Your a first secret name. until a year and a half in. Everything. I never said my name or where I was didn't from. Didn't show your face, did you? I remember you wearing like a mask of some sort. <laughs> Ski mask, girl. <laughs> no, this is just my normal face. Oh, it's okay. not a mask. Oh damn it! Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Becky. <laughs> and so for a year and a half, I didn't say my name, and then the first time we went live, Becky was live streaming with oh, me in the combine. Right. I let it out of the bag, and people were asking questions, and somebody, and Becky's like, "Someone wants to know your name." Well, his name is Zach. It's Zach Johnson, and I was like, "Oh." And here's his social security Lord, number, Minnesota. And his uh, credit card yeah. number, and yeah, yeah. and my maiden go. name is. <laughs> you know what was the weirdest for us was the first time I got an email, and it was a picture of our house on Google Earth. Oh, oh that's somebody saying, isn't it? I found you, and I was like, "Oh, maybe this YouTube thing is not such a great idea." They are like, so this weird. Is a weird, yeah. Like, I, why do they 
send that. I just don't even like, who are you? And you're right. Like, no, there's oh, comments yeah. of people like here, look, I found his address and they'll post, post it. it. Yeah. yeah. Like, so what are you doing? So we have a farm store on the ranch. So we have a Google listing. Yeah. And so like our address is, Public, super. Public. I mean, it's public. Any if you're in a phone book, it's public. You We're know, it's. Book, are there but... still phone books? I haven't seen one what's of those a, in a while. What's a phone? Yeah, it's like old-fashioned Google. Oh, we actually yeah. got a phone book last year. We got one. Too. Oh yeah, they still no, come in the mail. Yeah, we still get them. I didn't know we even got them anymore. Yeah, they still. We come. get one or two a year, and every time I dad joke and I say something to Becky, like, "Do we want this?" <laughs> she no. doesn't laugh at all, but I giggle a little, and then I throw do it away. We keep ours? We don't keep it, do we? Yeah, you just keep, you keep the phone like nostalgia. It's like you know what? Remember the days, right? I don't think our that kids, a TV guide. We don't get a TV guide anymore. Oh, no, gosh. Well, because you have the guide button. That's all you need. Right? I was like, I don't know if our kids have seen a phone I, book. Last like, night we were staying in a hotel, and I had to explain to Mackenzie how channels work because we don't have Dish Network. No, we don't have anything else. So Smart she was TV. looking at the TV like. What Why is would this? I watch this? And it's I was like, the oh, number 10 in the there's corner different for. channels. It's like YouTube, but you have to push a button. To Gen- yeah. go. Generally, in my experience, yeah. you go to the 900 numbers. Maybe that's on the phone. That's oh, not- <laughs> no, Randy. There's a reason they call you pipe later, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with any type of location or anything like that. Oh, Lordy. Nobody would choose that Instagram handle, by the way, without oh. some sort of double entendre <laughs> work in there, right? That's what it says on his business card. Yeah. Very clever. Master pipe layer. Yeah. That actually started from a on video I did with him. I think it was kind of like, had Tina called you that before or you called it yourself or something? No, Tina did think- not call him that. Oh, oh no? my God. You called no? him that. Stop it now. Because uh, I remember the first video I did with you, the first time you were on camera, I put your name you and then put, underneath it, I put Master Piper. You just put in like, yeah, you put in text how on the video. How dare you try Master and Piper. put that Randy, off on Master Tina? Well, I wanted to you give her credit just were the one who named Randy that. I don't think any woman has ever said that in her life. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've, I've, I've never heard it. And if anybody's going to hear it, that no. is not true, Mike. Okay. Women talk like that. They do. Not to us, though. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're no, their own YouTube channels and their own podcasts. Exactly. Nothing you're doing here. That's I mean, the dark then, web. You can't find you, that. And then you accidentally gave Tina the. She also gave that to herself. She's the master Randy Lair. Master Randy Lair. Because oh, yeah. she fumbled her words. Or did I fumble you my words? You fumbled your words. Oh, I gave that to herself. I, I seem to yeah. see a common denominator. So you gave them both thing. of their yeah. names. Yeah. You dubbed them the master pipe layer and, and the master, master Randy, Randy hey, layer. They're getting laid. <laughs> oh. Or the pipe is, or I don't, you know. Anyway, our last name is Galloway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, right. And you farm. We ranch. Uh, we ranch. You ranch. So, That's right. Because you're uh, West. All ranchers are farmers, but not all farmers are ranchers. All ranchers are farmers, but not all farmers are ranchers. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it yes. makes sense. I mean, you know, you don't have cows running around. Right. I thought it was just right. if you live east or west of the Mississippi. I don't, I don't know. It could be. I mean, I, I more or less look at it like if you're raising animals, if you have livestock, then you could be considered a rancher. And ranchers are all farmers because we're all raising grass. So we're raising something to feed our animals. So just as much as you raise, you know, corn and soybeans or whatever, like we're trying to raise grass so that we can pay that to be able to feed our animals in the wintertime. Yeah. What about my neighbors who have cattle and are chopping their corn? Are they feeding their cows? Yeah. Well, then there you go. Ranchers? So they're ranchers. I'd call them a rancher. I don't care where they live. But I mean, it's 
2021, so you can identify as whatever you really? want. Really? <laughs> oh, that's true. Come on. That's yeah. true. See, very, you can compete in the Olympics as whatever you want. So rancher, farmer, whatever you want to be. In my book, I always, I always think like a rancher is somebody that has a lot of land. Like the animals are just grazing. It just seems more of a grazing thing when I think of ranchers because you think about the cowboys on their horses and yeah, we don't, we don't, we ride don't. A horse. I mean, I've no. got two horses, no. but most of the most time they sit around and don't do anything. You know, we're on the four wheeler more times than not. And we get lots of shit on YouTube about that you don't ride the horses. I don't, yeah. I mean, the kids ride the horses more than I do. Yeah, I have it's more than a horse. horse yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ranching is more nostalgic than farming there's I don't a know. preconceived notion to it right like everybody thinks you know you're out there in for example like if i don't wear my cowboy hat nobody recognizes me so if i go out or and do anything i wear a ball cap so there's that stigma or that image that goes along with it you know yep. and yeah you you need to be out chasing cows and roping and branding and doing all this stuff which that's all a few days out of our year. The rest of the time we're, we're stuck with raising grass and hay Check and water. checking water and all that kind of stuff. It's not all out there chasing cows around on, on horseback. What qualifies as a cowboy then? Are you a cowboy? I would not no. call myself a cowboy. <laughs> not at all. You know, if you've watched our channel, you know, but like we didn't grow up in this life. I always tell people that we're first-generational ranchers on a multi-generational ranch. So we are on my stepfather's ranch. Now my mom owns it, but we came to this in our 20s, you know, as like a big career change from what we were doing. And, and so we had to figure out how to be ranchers. So what were you doing? We were both in radio. Little so little so Mike was a DJ. Porn on the side, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> well, when an opportunity comes <laughs> to you. <laughs> There's hey. a camera? Cool. All right. That, that's 20, the gift God gave you. <laughs> 27 bucks is 27 bucks. <laughs> no, we both worked in radio. I worked in radio for almost 20 years. That just uh, really makes you sound old. I know it does make me sound old. That's what you said we came to in our 20s. I was like, oh, liar. Uh, I was in my 20s. twenties. I was not in my twenties, but I worked in radio. I worked for Jones media, which was kind of a precursor to satellite radio. And they also had like GAC, which was great American country. If you remember that it was the competition to CMT. So I worked on that TV station. I did uh, radio with them. I was on 208 different uh, radio stations across the U S I had a syndicated radio show for quite a while. And then in 2008, I was actually working for Northeast Broadcasting, and so was Aaron as a sales manager. And no, uh, it's just a salesperson. Salesperson. <laughs> you were a manager at that time. No, you were a manager in Cheyenne. Yeah, but not when we met. Oh, not when we met, no. But when we left I, and came back to the ranch in 2008, we kind of gave it all up, took an 80% pay cut, and uh, came back and tried out this whole Maybe farming like 90, slash ranching thing. So at, pay cut. so at that time, your stepdad was running the ranch? Yeah, yeah. We came back in 2008. My stepdad passed in 2012. So we had four years with my stepdad. But he was a super hands-off mentor, I guess, if you would say that. Like, you know, we didn't know how to move cows. And there's very much a distinct science and art to moving cows, but we didn't know that. And so the first few years, we were on the struggle bus, like, hardcore. <laughs> What was that movie? Uh, not City Slicker. Yeah. But, uh, Dallas? No. Dallas? <laughs> different, different one. I, I think that was a TV show, not so much a movie. Uh, City Slicker's where he lost his watch, right? Yeah, Norman. Yeah, yeah Nor- no, Norman. but I'm, thinking of, yeah, I'm thinking of another one where, where the daughter brings home, I can't remember the actor's name, but 
Son-in-law. Son-in-law. Yes. Holly Shore. Yes. <laughs> Have you watched that? Oh, no, I haven't. But more people actually compare That's us one to- of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. I've really? never seen no, it. No, I have to watch it's it. It's a Polly Shore we should movie. all pause, right? Pause so the new- podcast right now and go watch Son-in-law. Come back in, in an hour and a half and we'll pick this up where we left off. More people compare us to Green Acres than anything. I, I hear that quite a bit. And uh, I always say, well, I'm more the Zsa Zsa Gabor type. Aaron's more the working type. We get all the time. You should really be in radio. Your voice is amazing. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, did that. Tried it. Moving on. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. I just think I have a lot of questions. I don't know. So, Do you need a notepad? I got So some. you guys met while you were both in the radio world? Correct. Okay. And then you said it's a multi-generational farm. So that came from your stepdad's side of the family? Correct. Okay. And then he didn't have other kids that like wanted to pursue sort of or. No, my, <laughs> so my stepdad never had any children. So we didn't take his ranch from his children, from his lineage. So yeah, in 2008, we'd just barely gotten married. They had a neighbor who was essentially helping on the ranch and she wasn't paid a wage. She ran some cows and that was kind of her compensation. And then they had H2A workers and the time came when the neighbor who did the majority of the winter work and fed the cows and calved, she was ready to move on and do some different stuff in her life. And so they were going to be without winter help. And I was like, hey, Mike, do you want to go feed some cows? <laughs> I do. I was, I was a vice president of Western Operations for Northeast Broadcast. It sounds really time. fancy, but it was nothing. <laughs> it was really cool. It was, a, it was a long ass business card. It was a big business card. A bunch of letters. Huge the head card. of custodial was affairs. very cool. Yeah, yeah this is the janitor. So, uh, yeah, Aaron called me in my office. My phone rang and Aaron was like, hey, what do you feel about going to the ranch and like working on the ranch for the winter? I think that's where we started. Yeah. We were going to feed cows for the winter. Like Aaron said, Gilbert's help is, had quit. So, you know, somebody needed to feed the cows. So we went just south of Gillette. We fed the cows for the winter. Actually, we went and fed the cows in the morning. And then we went back and watched Netflix all day. That's yeah, pretty much you, all we did. Do you quit your job to go do this at this point? Yeah, or did I really you? like Netflix. For just the winter? I, I, or? I, I, was, I was in the middle of watching news radio and I really needed the time to finish it up. That's really what No, So yeah, the plan, it wasn't necessarily that we were going to do this for the rest of our lives. And now it's, it's 2021. We've obviously been there for a long time. And so my stepdad was 28 years older than my mom. So like a weird generational gap and stuff there too. And so like, we knew we had limited time with Gilbert because he was just older, had health issues. Like it was like, let's go let Gilbert live out the rest of his life. They lived in town too. So this is just like a weird thing. <laughs> but he, let's just go help. Is temporarily. this real? Are you making this yeah, up? No, this is totally real. So yeah, we were just like, let's go help temporarily. Like not that we would stay, not that this would be our lives. We didn't have any kids at the time. We got married the end of June and in October moved back to the ranch and like moved into my parents' basement for a few months. So were you guys unhappy at your job? Yeah, no, it wasn't the best situation. Like I was actually like ready to move on. And like Mike was kind of like casually browsing for other jobs. I just heard a weird statistic lately that said something like 90% of everybody is constantly looking for other jobs. <laughs> we're ready we're ready <laughs> that blows my mind Are you guys hiring that'd be cool yeah i mean so. I, w- I would say that's probably relatively normal right because everybody's always trying to look trying for to level something up, better right? yep. yeah. everybody wants yeah. to do better so we were ready to level up we leveled up and we leveled way down <laughs> i've played legend of zelda this is not how you level up <laughs> <laughs> He just aged himself. (laughs) This on the Switch, man. It's on Nintendo Switch. 
Yeah, so we came back in October. I think October 4th was our uh, our our first day on the ranch. I think we sold calves. Gilbert usually sold calves the second week in October. Shipped calves to Belfouche. And then 1st of November-ish, we started feeding cows every day. And then April had a major blizzard. Two days later, started calving. We did not know what we were doing. <laughs> That seems scary to go oh, through calving oh, and not knowing so what you're I, doing. I literally bought a book that was called Beef Cattle for Dummies. I still <laughs> own this book. And I you know the yellow, like the, the yellow. yellow yes. book. I have talked about <laughs> Hold this. Hold on. This has to be like a sarcastic book, right? This is a joke. No, this is no. a real book. This they is, make that for dummies of like everything. I know that they make for dummies. I'm for dummies for everything. I'm going to get you farming for dummies. I guarantee you it's out there. Farming for it's going to be in your mailbox. It probably has. Mike, I don't want to age you anymore here, but uh, (laughs) I don't know if you know this or not, but my phone has the internet. You can probably (laughs) even get it in like an audio version. (laughs) But the funny story is that the beef cattle for dummies, I've talked about it enough in videos and stuff that the author of the book has actually sent me an email and thanked me for increasing his sales (laughs) on his book. Yeah. So through Amazon, we've got hobby farming. For dummies, raising beef cattle for dummies. That's the one right there. That's a real thing. Legitimately have it. And like I said, we were on the struggle bus for a long time. We didn't know how to move cows. I didn't Um, buy a ticket for the struggle bus. (laughs) We were on it. (laughs) (laughs) And Gilbert was, you know, at this point he was in his late seventies. And and I remember so we moved back in the fall of 2008. In 2009, I was like, Gilbert, can we have some chickens? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. And then in 2010, you built like a chicken house. And I remember, (laughs) I remember being like, Gilbert, we need water. We're like, where's the water line? Oh, I don't know. It's over there somewhere. And now in hindsight, like, I know it's just like a generational thing. Right. And I was just like, how do you not know these things? Right. But he was just very, he probably did know, but he just couldn't describe it. Like if he went up, went out there and like stepped it out himself. But it was just like, I wouldn't say Gilbert didn't teach us anything, but he didn't teach us anything. Like he was just really like <laughs> very vague, very vague. Yeah. It's like, it's over there. So he was, he was an old farmer. I think, yeah, I think old. Gilbert was, I mean, very much like, you know, you'll figure it out for yourself and that's worth so much more. More. Yeah. If I tell you how to do it, if you go figure out how to do it, then you gain that knowledge yourself. But it was so scary the first time you had to like pull a calf and stuff. You but know? you had like, the beef cattle for dummies. By that thing. point, he did have. It the seems beef like I, did, I had the book. I was like, <laughs> "Hold on, Cal. Hold on. Stand, stand by. <laughs> Chapter nine. Got to gotta thumb through this. You can just hold. Just cross your legs or something. We'll get to you. Eventually. Pinch it off. Yeah." <laughs> In the field, there's no time for downtime. And when the pressure is on, you need to trust your equipment to stand up to the task. That's when you turn to Mystic for performance and protection you can count on. Mystic lubricants are specially formulated to keep up with your demands. Now, you might be asking yourselves, how can that be? Mystic products are developed in real-world conditions with real-world workers in mind. And that means that your equipment is covered regardless of what's happening outside. With Mystic, you can get to work with confidence knowing your lubricants are engineered to thrive even under the most extreme and unforgiving conditions. Go ahead. Put your equipment to the test anytime, anywhere, because when it comes to superior performance and unmatched protection, Mystic always delivers. And when your equipment is protected, so is your livelihood. It's the reason so many folks choose to ride with Mystic. Because out here, performance under pressure isn't a request. It's a requirement. Go to mysticlubes.com to learn more about their line of products. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. 
So because I'm interested in it, I checked out underwater basket weaving for dummies, and that one isn't there yet. Oh, well, <laughs> eventually. It'll get, it'll get there. It'll get there. Maybe you should write the book. I was just but I, I feel that started today. You'd be done by tomorrow. I, <laughs> cool. Million dollar idea. That's very much old farmer style, though. Like, right. well, I yeah. had to find the goddamn water line. Go find the water yeah, line. Get out there with a stick <laughs> and a whatever. Well, he probably yeah. dug the water line <laughs> right. in. He, he just probably dug the water too. line in by hand in 1947. And now you just find him. You can kind of see the path where that water line it is, is, right? Actually, you know what's great is I you learned see uh, that on Google Earth. Yeah, he's uh, all you the time. can roll back time on Google Earth and you can see scars in the ground for sure. You can find water lines. I learned that. I learned Gilbert a long time. Sure shit didn't tell me that. No, but he knew it. He probably knew there was going to be Google Earth and you'd be able to Google that someday. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> wait 10 years. <laughs> he didn't know Google Earth was. Go back to 2006, you'll see the scar. Mm-hmm. But if I go back to every farmer who's told me that the tile line that they dug in 50 years ago is here, and it actually, it's never there. Move it at least 15 feet. Yeah. At right. Least. Yep. Yeah. Or like, I know it just missed the corner of that grove. And it's like, well, by now it's 70 feet in the goddamn yeah, the grove. grove. The grove moves. <laughs> the grove moves every year. Yeah. <laughs> No doubt. So, yeah. So, and then we ended up uh, staying through calving. I kind of say we came, we saw, we never left. We stayed through calving. By the next year, I think Erin was kind of trying to figure out what she was going to do. I mean, I'm studying my yellow book. I'm beef cattle for dummies. Yeah. I'm on chapter three. You're doing now. everything um, you can to make I, this work. Sure. And then Erin <laughs> Aaron went to work at, do you guys have Ben Franklin's out here? Oh, we yeah. did. Uh, yeah. We, we did. went to work yeah. at Ben Franklin. It was the high point it of her career. It lasted all of like three months. Yeah. Did she ever get employee of oh. the month? No. No. I got you job socks cheap, of cheap the fabric month. though. Isn't that what Ben Franklin's was? <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, oh, crafting, fun. I'm not a crafter. But so yeah, it didn't. We're crafting. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't last super long. And, Smile, damn it. Yeah. And I was the only one of, you know, like my mom, my stepdad, my husband. I was the only one of us that was like working for somebody else for, you know, 7.15 an hour or something. And I was. But he was the president. 7.15 an hour. Uh, yeah. I was totally making like minimum wage. And I was just like, I'll just do this temporarily. And, like I didn't want to go back to radio and I didn't want to go back to advertising like sales. Although I made like substantially better money, but I was just like, I'll just do this part time. But then I was like, this sucks. You know, I'd come home from work and like, again, we were on the struggle bus, but like, oh, like this calf was born and I did this. And I was like, oh, this seems more fun. It's not more fun. <laughs> I should, in hindsight, I should have stayed at the craft store. But it's but, more rewarding. More rewarding. Oh, and I literally worked there like three months, probably like the shortest job I've ever had. And I was like, I'm done. I need to figure something else out. So I spent probably at least a year trying to figure something out. In the meantime, we were like, let's start a family. We ended up getting pregnant. That was all me. I was like, hey, let's start a family. That'd be really cool. <laughs> hey, as long as we don't have any of our shit together. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing anything on Thursday. Let's uh, let's let's start that whole family Did thing. Did they let's have a start that. a family for dummies book? Yeah, of course they did. Yeah, it's called uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was out then. Fine. God, she's a ball buster, ain't she, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> You buy the starting families for dummies right before you get the raising families for dummies. And and then eventually it's like beating assholes for dummies. <laughs> and then it's empty nesters for dummies. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, we decided let's start a family. So we went about that process. Ended up <laughs> we went about that process. Yeah, <laughs> how you was tell it? It's like stuck in her mind how great. wonderful it was and how awesome <laughs> the whole experience was. We went about that process. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that process. Hold on. That Hold process. on. I'm, I'm writing down the name remember, of this podcast. Yeah, remember, write that down. Next time you're feeling a little amorous, be like, hey, how about we go about that process? <laughs> hey, baby. You want to go about that process oh with me? Oh, my God. That would be awesome. If you this have a date is, night, it could look, be about a go about that process night. Yeah. Mike, this is, we got to keep this family friendly, okay? I'm, not, I'm so sure we good. Did. Yeah. No, I have officially. I have, what? All this going about process talk is really. I know, it's really it's like, ooh. I shouldn't have worn these sweatpants. Tell you around Good thing there's a table. Excuse me. Okay, everybody get your bearings. What? Anyway, we went about that process. Three times later, we had three kids, miraculously, you know. And we saw uh, saw vegetables. Erin decided at one point that she was going to go to farmer's market, right? So she decided to go to farmer's market. So we started going processes. to farmer's market. One of those processes <laughs> in between the processes. And she went to farmer's market. Erin ended up running the farmer's market for 10 years. Just went there and like, what a shit show. I could <laughs> no like, exactly give, me give like, me that damn clipboard. I was like, this shit Martha, sucks. sit down. I was like, this shit is a shit show. I used to work at Ben Franklin. Give me the clipboard. <laughs> yep. I was a manager once upon a day. So, you know, I went to farmer's market and there was no produce at farmer's market. There was none. So I was like, okay, well, there's a real gap in the market so we can capitalize on this. Wait, there was no produce? (laughs) What were they selling? Washcloths. Eggs. Washcloths. That's what they were selling. There was no eggs. We now have chickens. Washcloths and bolsey. Washcloths and really long washcloths that they called scarves. Yeah. Wash clouds soaked in bowl semen. Sometimes you could get both. You wring them out. What? You wring them out. <laughs> there was really limited produce. The marketing was bad. I think we were open from like eight till noon. And by like 8.30, I was sold out of produce. And so my mom had two gardens out at the ranch. They lived in town. Was this in Gillette? Yeah, at the ranch. Okay. Well, the farmer's, the farmer's market was, was yeah. in town yeah, okay. at the, our local community college, but... So my mom had two gardens at the ranch and they lived in town. And then she was like, let's just take our excess. Like she saw an ad in the paper and she's like, you could do this. And I was just like, I don't really think I can. Cottage law at the time allowed for like jam and jelly to be sold. So I was like, oh, I can make some jam. That's cool. My mom, we always had a garden when I was a kid. Like we can't. I was like, yeah, I can make some strawberry jam. That seems fun. I don't make jam anymore, but uh, (laughs) just so we took our excess and I was pregnant with our oldest child at the time. September rolled around. I was like, I'm hot. I'm fat, to be honest. (laughs) Hot and fat. (laughs) And I was like, I'm done. No no processing. Yeah. So I I think I went to like five farmer's markets. That was in 2010. Mackenzie was born in January of 2011. And then that spring, I was like, we're going to do this. This is my thing, right? I was like, I'm going to do farmer's market. That's going to be my job. I'm going to try and build a business around this. And so we took like our large family garden and tilled up an additional 8,000 square feet, put in our, I call it the big garden. It's still in operation to this day. And I went to, I think the season was like 12 farmer's markets, mid-July to mid-September. And yeah, started running the market in like 2014, 2015, something like that. 
have since left farmer's market, you know, we operate a farm store. I started a nonprofit that's based around local food. But you get way ahead of yourself. Yeah. But you know, all those things happened in the, in the, in had two more kids and yeah, we did some stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So in 2017, we actually, we made a really quick video about how we feed the cows. And the whole point of that video was supposedly going to be to bring people to farmer's market to buy beef. Like we, we were selling beef at farmer's market at that point. And we said, you know, let's make a video. We'll put it online. We'll make this little YouTube channel called Our Wyoming Life where we'll, we'll show how we raise our cattle, how we grow vegetables so that we can boost our farmer's market sales. That was our whole point. And we put the video online the next morning. Now, we didn't know anything about YouTube really at the point. Like we knew we had a kid that watched YouTube, that there was somebody who opened toys who had a million views a day or whatever it was and was making bank on this whole thing. But we were like, we can use this for our own benefit. So we made this video, we put it online. And that night I remember going to bed and like my phone was dinging like throughout the night. And I was like, oh, somebody watched the video, whatever, you know. And the next morning we woke up and we had 30,000 views on that video. And we had 1500 subscribers on a YouTube channel that we really didn't know what to do with. Overnight on your first Overnight. video? We were monetized by midnight that night. Yeah, you had to, at the time, you had to 10,000 views to get monetized on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, it was super easy to get monetized. And so, yeah, like, I think you woke me up at 11 o'clock at night and we're like, people are watching our video. And I was like, no way. Yeah. And I like went back to sleep and we woke up to... I think we'd maybe started a Gmail, like email address. I think I had to, to make the YouTube channel. I had the RYM life Gmail address to make the YouTube channel. Yeah. So we just woke up to like, Oh my God, we have all these comments. We have it gotten shared on Reddit. Like we just had all this stuff to deal with. YouTube called you and was like, congratulations. You're monetized. It was just like, okay, well now what do we do? Now we have a thing. (laughs) So we have to do this. But yeah, it was, so we started, you know, I went to farmer's market in 2010. It took us a few years I think 2015, we started selling beef, but like, it's hard to display frozen beef, like at a farmer's market, along with like vegetables and baked goods and jam and stuff. Cause like, how do you put a pound of hamburger on the table when it's 80 degrees out and like, right. it look appealing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just not, it's not attractive. Like dead animal laying there. Yeah. <laughs> Here's our cat. So yeah. so yeah, we had signs that had like our, our beef prices and all this, but it was like, I just felt like a disconnect between, we were seeing a disconnect at market between like how we raised animals, how we treated them, how we fed them. You know, I get a lot of like, well, are your zucchini GMO'd? No, they're not, but there's nothing wrong with that. But like, we were getting a lot of questions over and over and over again. Like, what are your cows fed? Do you give them hormones? Do they have antibiotics? No, you can't legally give antibiotics. It would get rejected. There's a withdrawal, you know, all these things, all these like repeat questions and stuff. So we're like, let's address this. Yeah. Let's make a video and let's show people how we take care of our animals and how we treat our animals so we can sell more other than just putting out a pound of hamburger and watching it defrost. And now I have to make hamburger for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it seems oddly specific. (laughs) Well, it was, it was, this was was going through our mind because that's what happened every week. We would take a Tupperware and put like three or four pounds of hamburger in it and some ice. And then it was like, if that didn't sell, we would take it I, home and I, make I, a hamburger. I, I had yeah. to deal with the aftermath. I was tired of that. Yeah. So, so but burgers yeah. are delicious. Well, they, they were are. They are wonderful. You guys had them tonight. So yeah. congratulations. That was delicious. <laughs> I can eat burgers every meal. Yeah, I could too. No, yep. that beef is good. I don't know what people are, you know, beef is good. So yeah. So we started making videos where they came out every Sunday and it was just kind of basic day in the life type stuff. Like here's what I'm doing you know, whatever, whenever I wanted to film or whatever. And nobody local cared. Yeah. And so it was like this marketing plan that in our heads, we created that this would help us sell more beef. Yeah. I like shared it on my Facebook page with like my 70 friends. 
and no one cared. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that because locally people in Gillette, Wyoming are used to seeing the ranches everywhere? I, you know, honestly, I don't know. I mean, we see a lot of the coal industry and methane and all that kind of stuff in Gillette. So you see there's the ranching industry, but also it's a huge energy capital of the world. So a lot of ranchers actually kind of got a little bit lazy because they were making money off of coal and methane and, and oil and all that kind of stuff. Like so, mi- mineral rights type. Right, of stuff. mineral rights. So yep. ranching kind of became almost like a, like a hobby to a lot of these guys. Mm. And then when that all started slowing down, all these guys had to go, oh, wait a minute. How do you do this ranching thing again? Like, where does the cow come out of? You know, that kind of stuff. So it should be out the back end, right? Usually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hopefully. With, with two feet. Yeah. Two feet, not two one. Feet, not one and not a head. First. But yeah, so I mean, it was it was interesting for us to see that. And then, you know, we made the videos and we really didn't know where we were going. So we had 1500 subscribers our very first day. Six months later, we had 3000 subscribers. So we only doubled in six months. So it wasn't really growing that fast. And we didn't really see we made a goal of ourselves. We said, okay, we want to have 10,000 subscribers within a year. That's where we wanted to be. And we did. That seemed great. Yeah. Like yeah. let's throw out this arbitrary number. Like we had no clue how hard it was and how difficult it can be to grow a YouTube channel. Like we got super lucky. We did. I think, I think we fell in like a big old pile of luck. I mean, obviously, and we hit 10,000 subscribers just before a year and we just kept on rolling from there. And, and really we kind of figured, you know, why not become advocates for agriculture? Why not try to show people where their food comes from, the families behind it, and we kind of changed our whole game plan. For the longest time, we were like, we're not touching politics. We're staying away from politics and thunder, apparently. Yeah, that's <laughs> normal. That's normal. <laughs> Just another Just, You mentioned game. politics and, th- and like, yeah, thunderclouds. The elephants upstairs. Um, but yeah, we, we really wanted to, you know, just kind of do our own thing. But at the, at the same time, we were like, you know, if we're going to become advocates for agriculture, we want to stand up for people knowing where their food comes from and stuff like that, that we had to make a stand. And yeah, that's kind of the, the direction we went with. And and now we've had a lot of crazy things happen that we never thought would happen, you know, getting invited to trade shows. I was on ABC's 2020 briefly. You um, were on 2020? I was on 2020. Yeah. And, uh, not, you know, it's not, not related to agriculture. It wasn't related to agriculture, but they found me because don't take away my thunder. She yeah, steals hold my on. thunder. She oh, steals my thunder. All this. Yeah. <laughs> so the episode was actually about screen time and kids and us having a YouTube channel. They wanted to talk to me about how we deal with our kids and how we deal with their screen time while we have a YouTube channel running in the background all the you time. You see that herd of monkeys that just ran down <laughs> here from upstairs? That's why they get so much screen time. Do you have a kid that wants to be a YouTube star? No. We do, <laughs> thankfully. No, actually, yeah. all, all of ours. Ours have like, all started to clam like up now when we turn on the camera. They're all like, get it out of my face. Our yeah. oldest is a big fan of the camera. Yeah. Not the younger two, but the oldest. That's what she wants. Yeah. So well, there you go. So did you get to talk to Barbara Walters? No, actually, what they did was they uh, sent me a list of questions and I stood in the shop and set up a camera and answered their questions. I'm sure it was like when you were on the doctors. Wasn't that similar to that? And I sent them the video. Yeah, that's all there was to it. Yeah, something like, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't as glamorous as you think it would be. It's still it's pretty still glamorous. Cool. There's yeah. a lot of people hat. that watch that. Yeah. I got a lot of emails afterwards. People were like, oh, and somebody actually recorded it for me. So, you know, and they're like, oh, I saw you on 2020. And it was yeah, like, oh, I think cool. we had released a video maybe even that same day because our videos typically come out at like 4 p.m. Mountain and then it probably aired like that evening. And we had a lot of comments like, did I just see you on 2020? <laughs> well, you did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, being able to take the opportunities that are given us because of the whole situation has been pretty much amazing. 
Yeah. Our whole business model has completely changed from like what my stepdad did. And it's changing and evolving even more as we face the drought situation that is happening out West and as the demand for local food. And fortunately, our popularity is continuing to grow and our subscriber base is continuing to grow and the demand for the products that we're producing is continuing to grow. We left Farmer's Market in 2019 and we opened a farm store on the ranch. You know, like the produce that I grow has zero miles to market. You know, there is no transportation cost. There is no environmental impact on that transportation. You know, I drive my gator to the garden. I go to the shop. I wash the vegetables. I take them to the farm store. So I guess it drives... An eighth of a mile. So are you able to sell everything in your farm store? Yeah. So I also opened a nonprofit. I founded and created a nonprofit. Our mission is to make local food more affordable and more accessible. So did you build a store? Or yes. Did you have a building or you had to? We bought, we rented, we rent to owned a shed. <laughs> we own it now. We got a certificate that was made in Word that we own. <laughs> they they uh, literally the sent us a certificate deed. for a shed. We got a deed. <laughs> Or a shed made off of word. Word. Yeah. I could have just done that. So somewhere there's like a clip art that they went to. They went to Microsoft Word clip art. And then underneath it, they were like, and eh, deed. Really, yep. Shed I, deed. I felt really disappointed because this is my my evolution of our local food sales, right? Is like, we now literally own a building. And I was like, well, shit, I could have just made my own certificate. <laughs> 27 payments ago. Did you frame it and hang it up in there? I don't think we. Did. I don't know where it's. No, at. I did. I did. Aww. I did frame her first dollar that she made in the farm. Store. I, I think I that. saw that yeah, when we were a, there. Yeah, 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 I remember. Is seeing it in that. the background of this picture of no, me so being the employee yeah. of the month? Or? <laughs> is, yeah. Over the years of the uh, farm store, a young gentleman showed up one day looking for a job by the name of Zach Johnson. Who <laughs> I heard that <laughs> he had name. a YouTube channel of some sort, but I was like, you know, I felt bad for him. I was like, you know, I can give him a couple hours worth of work. So, <laughs> yeah. did you have him go milk the bowl? You know, we thought about it. <laughs> they did that on step. Hey, step I am cider. a hell of a bowl milker. <laughs> <laughs> what you do on your, your free time, totally up to you. Yeah, it's just yeah. a hobby. Yeah, it's cool. It's just a hobby. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, He comes running every time he sees me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you or someone you know looking to add a revenue stream to your farm business? Why not become a community builder with FBN? You can partner with one of the fastest growing companies in ag while choosing the products you sell and working on your schedule. There's no better way to build your bottom line while providing farmers with access to cost-efficient inputs delivered direct to farm so that they can build their bottom line. If you're interested, visit fbn.com build to sign up to become a community builder with FBN today. Well, that got awkward, huh? So tell about your nonprofit. Well, we can talk about the employee of the month that, that yeah. we did give you an employee of the month plaque. Yeah, which I thought was maybe a little unnecessary because I didn't really handle any transactions or anything. Well, you know, we just wanted to commemorate your time, your eight seconds that you spent behind the counter. I sincerely appreciate it. <laughs> and we will definitely hang it up down here somewhere. <laughs> we figured. You know, so I you mean, didn't really. print that off yourself. <laughs> no. No, this came straight from our Wyoming Life Ranch. I really dig that plaque. You can put anybody's picture in there you want, really. I figured that. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm going to leave my own in there. (laughs) But he's not even glass. Like, it's literally plastic. And you just did you have that framed at Ben Franklin? (laughs) (laughs) Ben Franklin has gone out of business. Yeah, they did. So you can take the picture, but he's going to need that plaque back when he leaves. (laughs) We got to give that out next month, man. (laughs) You bring the same plaque to every place you go. Yeah, you get the picture back. I got to know 
Were you waiting two years? Did you set me up for this when you took Not that at picture? All. No, actually, I thought about it when we said we were going to come here. So I was like, I'm going to order it. Don't know if I believe you or not. Because <laughs> I have looked into be, okay, getting there, myself there an employee of the there, month but, plaque, no. and they're hard to come by because of no, COVID. They're labor at, shortages. Shut Amazon. Up. Amazon, man. When I was coming here, I Aaron was giving me crap because I had to uh, text you and ask you for your address. And she was like, you don't know Zach's address? And I was well, like, no, no, I'm not a stalker. I don't know his address. Like, why would I know that? Like our last name, our address was, we tried to keep it private for a long time. And then we we're like, let's open a farm store. Let's get a Google listing. Yeah. Oh, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really is. So do you have a ton of people stopping by? Yeah. So summer is a lot different than winter. Let's say that. So we've, yeah. So in the I, summertime, the sun shines in the wintertime, snowfalls. <laughs> a lot different. Correct. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of subscribers that do step by in the summer. We also last year in 2020 started doing harvest host. We've opened an Airbnb on the ranch. We've really worked hard to diversify our income streams. Because you guys have the two houses on. So you opened one of those up for the Airbnb. Yeah. So there's three houses on the ranch. My mom has a house. We have a house. And then on the other side of the highway, there was what had been a rental house for a long time. And we decided we didn't want like a permanent neighbor. So we're like, let's do short-term rentals. Let's do Airbnb. So we we operate an Airbnb. And then I think it was totally your idea to do Harvest Host. Right. Harvest host is basically. I thought you said harvest hose. Harvest hose. Oh, that's that's what harvest I heard. Hose too. is a whole. How do I find thing. harvest hose? Yeah. Zach was like, "Hmm, sounds interesting. <laughs> Tell me more." <laughs> no, harvest host is uh, folks that basically have RVs that sign up for a service where they can get a listing of farms and ranches and wineries that allow people to stay there as long as they spend money in whatever. Like if you have a winery, they come and buy wine. Well, so they don't have to pay like a nightly fee. No, they don't pay anything to stay there. If they want to hook up to power, they pay for power. And then we also do a tour every single morning uh, with our Harvest Host folks. So they paid $10 to enjoy my company for about an hour as we walk around and we feed baby calves and we feed the goats and I show them some of the cows and you do that every morning every single morning at 8 30 just doing that tomorrow just when they have Jeff is actually there there doing it tomorrow our employee of the month (laughs) but I thought I was your employee of the month you're the remote employee of the month oh yeah yeah actually that was your employee of the month way a year and a half ago when you stopped by the ranch just August of 19. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Was that how long ago it was, really? That was two was years August ago. Of 19? Holy smokes, man. You haven't changed a bit. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know if that was a compliment or not. <laughs> <laughs> so does that, that apparently it wasn't because I said thank you and he felt the need to point out so whether it was or not. The Airbnb you know. and the Harvest Host, do you guys stay pretty busy with that? Like every day you fill up? Or? Yeah. Harvest Host, we have three RVs that stay every single night on the ranch. It's Usually. always booked. Always booked. Yeah, we uh, book it through our website so people can go and, and, and sign up for it there. Is there a limit for how long they can stay? Gotta be? Two days usually is what we try to limit about. Sure. Um, sometimes we, we let people go a little bit longer depending on what they have going on. Because you get the creeper that'll just live there for nine months. Well, we're waiting for you to move <laughs> at any Jeff. time. Yeah. 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 They, they take a picture of them and put, it, put them on a plaque. Actually, uh, we, have a, we have a ranch hand now whose name is Jeff, who came in April and still hasn't left. And Jeff, he's not paid. And he hasn't paid a dime. But yeah, no, he helps us out. And Will he stick around once this winter comes? I don't know. He's cold? from San Francisco, so I, th- so I think he's afraid of snow. So I'm, sure. I'm guessing as soon as the first snow lake drops, he'll be like out ski. Sure. Just take be, off running on foot. I'm sure he will, yeah. Yeah. So you just, you got strangers 
hanging out with you well, when you're doing your chores now parties. you get to know them over time right so they start out as strangers but i mean I no, no, no 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 i don't mean jeff oh okay i was jumping back to the harvest so there's a highway that bisects the ranch that goes right. through the middle of the ranch so not through the middle actually there's one so they're not but, right but they're there not right next to us so you said you take them out and like do chores with them and right for for an hour and then i send them back across the way no we send them to the farm you have to exit through the gift shop well yeah <laughs> oh yeah. oh now i follow and yeah. then seems a bit strategic huh? yeah. yeah show me the money let, yeah. let me guess you got a bunch of toy stuffed animals there for the I kids should. to walk through she's got keychains she needs a petting zoo there but uh no she they you know they come in they buy then they buy steaks and they buy t-shirts or whatever else on their way through so you know what you need is a dude with a camera following them everywhere taking pictures so the whole time they know <laughs> that at the end of the tour they're going to get hit up to buy photographs for all oh, like they do 60 in the bucks parks where yeah. they have the as you're going through the roller coaster it's yeah like, you should be charging yeah. them do the petting zoo thing and then charge them to feed the animals and then you'll be getting paid for someone to feed your animals for I you really think the petting zoo is a huge liability though right because oh. like i always say this Debbie my- downer all of a sudden brings in the right. litigious you know aspect of things yeah mike's always like we should get a petting zoo and put it by the farm store and so the farm store because like we have local customers still it's not all youtube people but like so they can see the like we we got many fainting goats this summer so they can see the goats and buck a scare yeah. <laughs> you think i pay plenty of bucks for that yeah. they don't faint yet they're too oh they have still. to grow yeah you have to grow into that Apparently it's a puberty thing. They hit puberty and then they, they faint after four months. I didn't know this either. I yeah. Do they grow out of it? No, 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 but it takes so is a while there, for them to like so throw into it. Do you have a countdown sign above them? <laughs> 21 <laughs> days three, until two, one. No, Come back next month. That's right a great again. idea. Why don't we hire Randy for marketing? Purposes? You should sell the first scare. Yeah, so you can be the you first could, one to make this thing faint. Yeah, that could be a bidding thing, a silent auction for the first scare. You know what we should do is get a cardboard cutout of Randy and just put it right next to the to the fainting goats, and you can be the first one to make Could you scare. imagine how oh pissed that guy would be that bought the first scare, and then you close the door in front of him, and the goat tipped over? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, you get half off. (laughs) I'll give you a free zucchini or something. We'll call it even. It is zucchini season. Becky, do you grow a garden? I don't anymore. I used to. Actually, before we moved to the farm, I always had a garden. And then I kind of outgrew my garden. You have your flower garden out there. You can't eat talk flowers about that. that. Oh, but I want to talk about it. (laughs) What's in your flower garden? Yeah, what is in there? Weeds. They're flowering. Weeds? Like no, weeds. no, they're not flowering. No, I Zach kills them all now. They were flowering, and <laughs> Zach was like, this. somebody's got to deal with this. And I was like, okay. Yeah. When you got yeah, Canadian thistle that are six feet tall and flowering, and every morning I'd just look out while she was in the kitchen, I'd be like, God dang, look at that flower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have a garden. Because the moment it showed up, I knew. I should I have a garden again. the crap out of that. But I hated it. It was like I had a garden all through the years when the kids were little, and I hated it because right around the time when it came time to do anything with all the produce was like the worst time of year. Like Zach was gone. The kids were little. It was just it's awful. Now. It's it was when you're like camping, you're gone. You're I wasn't even camping then. The kids were just well, like, cause even now there's not a lot to heart. You're probably just starting now. But then like when it really hits is like September, October, Zach's in the field. He's not around and you're in your kitchen sweating. Kids are screaming, crying. You're trying to can. And I was just like, 
screw this. I'm sick of it. We had like, a garden until four years ago, Tina. Let me plant the garden. Grass. <laughs> Sweet. So we now made, it's as good as it's ever been. Right. Yeah. I mean, but Randy, you got to admit that there's nothing better than at the end of a long day, walking out into your garden and pulling a carrot out and eating a warm carrot. Right. <laughs> right. Weird garden. <laughs> <laughs> and then go open the pantry and see the can of carrots for 17 cents. Right. Yeah. That's what that was. The, like the that isn't surrounded by thistles. Right. <laughs> You still cannot beat a garden fresh tomato. That's the one thing. Like I always tell myself, I should just have five tomato plants just for the tomatoes. That's like, only uh, if you like tomatoes, though. Yeah, I miss the snap peas. Snap peas are pretty good. Sweet corn's awesome. It's all good, but a fresh tomato is compared to what you buy in the grocery store. You just cannot beat it. I would agree. Tomatoes, hundred percent. The, the flavor is yeah. just. I, I don't even like a tomato unless it's on something. But I, I agree. The flavor is so different. But carrots are just inedible all the time. I like, Unless they're in a crock pot with a roast. You like them? Um, Something about cattle makes carrots delicious. I know, right? Yeah. You like honey glazed carrots? You put honey on anything and all of a sudden it becomes good. What yeah. is a honey glazed carrot? You just like saute the carrots with butter and honey. We do it with butter and brown sugar. Yeah, I think you put that in there too. You've had them before. You just don't remember. It's been a while. Her recipes, check the show notes. Becky's going to put her recipe down in the show notes for you. Her honey glazed carrot recipe. making good things because our kids don't eat them anymore. And it's so hard. How to make carrot good for dummies. (laughs) I'm going to Google that. (laughs) Go to aisle 17. Cook with roast. Cook with roast in crock pot. Put beef in. (laughs) So your beef, who's butchering the beef? So all of our beef is USDA inspected because we sell it by the piece now. We sell it through the farm store. So we take everything over to Sturgis, South Dakota, where it's USDA inspected and then sent out. The other nice thing is that we started doing jerky about two years ago. So we actually sell jerky online. So you can go to our website and buy jerky on our website and it's uh, shipped directly to your home and and uh, that's or your, that's, or your office or wherever you <laughs> Whatever live, your, address your you igloo or wherever the hell you're at. So is it our Wyoming jerk? I missed that. What's, what's you said you will ship jerky? now? Yeah. Yep. We ship jerky. Oh, I did not know that. You know, yeah. We don't ship beef. We don't ship. Yeah. Pork. That's a whole nother. It's, it's a, a whole thing that like, we're very much in the process of trying to work on shipping meat. And like people do it all over the country. There's plenty of beef producers that ship meat. We've always preached like being big proponents of local agriculture. And so like, while we appreciate that so many people on YouTube want to buy our beef and our pork and stuff, like there's a farmer, there's a rancher in your area area. that's, that's doing that. But as our business model has completely changed and for two years, we haven't harvested any hay. We have to change how we do things. You know, the sales barn auction system is not in our favor and direct to consumer is hundred percent the model that we want to take our business. And at some point, maybe this winter, like we're hoping to start shipping beef and pork in limited quantities to consumers. If yeah. people are interested. Did, did you say you sell hundred percent of it? We want to. Well, okay. So, so you're so not quite there we're yet. We're not there yet. No. And we were originally on like a five-year plan and COVID completely changed everything. everything. So March of 2020 was the best month I've ever had in the farm store and still like I've never been able to duplicate and replicate those numbers. And that was the first wave of COVID when everybody kind of yeah. panic set in. When panic, when panic buying set in. And that was the toilet paper. Yeah. So 
We were about two weeks after the toilet paper when meat started becoming scarce in grocery stores. And it wasn't even so much locally for us, like scarce, but it was. You know what's scary about the whole thing is people, first of all, realized they needed to wipe their ass. Then right. they realized they needed to eat something. <laughs> so that they could. Like, where did this happen? <laughs> so oh my God, how we do? Yeah, apparently. How certain things will gain traction and just take off. Yeah. So about two weeks after the toilet paper scare, we were open. Tuesday through Fridays. The toilet paper scare. <laughs> that did happen in our lifetime. We can well, check that off the list. We all know what you're saying. Yeah. So two weeks after the toilet paper incident happened. How many times can you say toilet paper in the same sentence? <laughs> we should we should test that. Drink every time she says toilet paper. <laughs> Hit it. Then the after what? the no, toilet no, after paper. Jesus, <laughs> yeah, take another drink. After drink. what happened? <laughs> then meat became a focus of the national media that there was going to be meat shortages and so which is the best way to market something did, yeah i have a you question create a false shortage yeah. <laughs> but was there a false shortage or did the tyson because there were a couple oh. major meat factories that actually did have some issues pinch point in the chain correct yes the farmers had it and couldn't get it to the consumers the, the, the yeah. feedlots right the, the finished re- live animal finished product was ready to ship and and the processing plants became the pinch point in the system. And, and so they had to reduce numbers and put in social distancing procedures and that slowed the, the supply chain down. So, you know, it was like a Sunday and you were just seeing all over like national media that there's going to be a meat shortage and people, you know, grocery stores are going to be empty. And, and Randy all this. was born with a meat shortage. Be nice to yourself, man. <laughs> You you beat me on that because I was just gonna say there's no meat shortage in my house. <laughs> but I, think- I just gotta interrupt a good conversation with a dick joke every time. So we That's were like, let's. Uh, we weren't even open on Mondays, but I was like, we need to open. Our community like needs us. We had tons of ground beef at the time. And within two weeks, like completely sold out. And then there became a processing shortage. And so, you know, it's like at that point, before this all craziness happened, I could call our processor in Sturgis and be like, hey, I've got an animal that's like close to finish weight. Can I bring it in? Yeah, we're two to six weeks out, depending on the time of the year. And then it all of a sudden became, we're completely booked for 2020. When do you want to schedule in 2021? Oh my God. And then in. You're like, holy shit. I was I got like, to sharpen oh, my knives. Oh, These animals yeah. sitting waiting to go. Yeah. So oh, we, no. we have 350 plus pound pigs that are still waiting for processing. And. Still? And, that, that you're feeding a yeah. year later? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh we, no. So, and then our entire 2022 schedule for processing is already booked. We have so, animals scheduled for slaughter that aren't even born yet. Yeah. Yeah. So pigs are approximately a nine month turnaround. So we have pigs scheduled for fall of 2022, not born yet. Even our, our spring processing of pigs, not born yet. And then I had to schedule all of our beef. And so, yeah, now those beef are on the ground, but when I scheduled in, when did I schedule 2022? Like February, I had I to schedule 2022. Yeah. I, I, I feel was like, tours. Yeah. Can't, can't you get like, a, like really yeah. a package, like an Airbnb and slaughter your own hog? No. Well, they could come for chicken. Just to come pick it up. Come Just chickens. come pick so, it up. So chickens, you can actually, we can butcher up to a thousand chickens on the ranch without any USDA inspection. So, nine, so I was like, let's do chickens. Yeah, so too. I was like, let's do chickens. Horrible idea. But so chicken butchering for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, we need a new book. book. <laughs> we made that video. Yeah, we made the video. 
but yeah, you can, you can butcher that many. So we could do a butcher your own chicken, stay in butcher. Do you ever sell live? Or so, dead? Uh, we'll sell, so we'll sell halves and holes, but we haven't had any availability. So like if someone wants the top or the bottom, just. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't sell quarters because there's a big difference between does front it, and back. Does, it, does anybody ever come to your place and pick up the whole pig? Like yeah, alive? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So okay. not since. COVID happened because I haven't had availability. Oh, so, sure. so we're still trying to play catch up. So like if you come to the farm store right now, you haven't had availability. I can't get anything in a process. Nobody picks up like the whole pig. They don't actually take a live pig home to process. Well, because well, some people can bring it home and process them it themselves. Just so nobody's going to do it. Not here. Yeah. So we bought in the heart of the same time. I bought a pig or two. I don't remember what we bought between us and Nathan, basically off of what I would consider the live market, a local hog farmer, you know, they've got all these pigs and they're like, we don't know what to do with them. And they said, you can pick them up in this parking lot on this date between these hours. This is what's going to come. We don't tell you where it's being processed because it was like, they couldn't share who was processing it for one, because they didn't want anybody else to know. And also I'm like, was it actually processed by like no, a legit? They did, it, they did like, it in the shop. I'm Somebody just like, 100%. I mean, going, yeah, it was like, right. whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. sign me up. I'll take we it. We did Thank the same you. from the Hunter Egg Colony. They couldn't ship their hogs and they butcher some just for their own use. So they just ramped up their own and they're, I think they're running like 40 some hogs a day. Their wash bay in the shop, they converted, got hoist going and everything else and had a regular butcher shop. And we bought two hogs for a Right now, way. somebody's going to get raided, thank you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, there was like a weird, like hogs, especially there was like, yeah, buy a, a live pig for 80 bucks. And what you do with it is what you do with but it. But if we, yeah. if we sold our hogs for $80, obviously we're lost. We, we'd lose money right. on that deal. So yep. yeah, processing has gotten better. It's still not great. Next year we'll have more consistent, more regular processing. But yeah, like every time... Like we're sold out of steaks. So if you come in the farm store, you can buy sirloins and that's no, you can't. It. We're out of sirloins. We ran out so yesterday. We're out. Uh, so I, proud I, of here. I can sell you a chart. No, actually, no, those were tenderloins. Those, those that, we, awesome. that we fed you guys, we don't sell because we're, because you want them for yourselves. We save them for ourselves. Yeah. They were, know, we don't they were amazing them. steaks. Yeah, they were awesome. We save all those for ourselves. So. Yeah. So we just haven't, because I can't get processing on a consistent basis. And obviously like calves are anywhere from like, I don't know. We butcher around like 20 to 28 months or so. And so like, it takes time. Last fall, we kept back 20 steers, which was a huge ramp up for us. It was more than double what we normally get back. Pigs, we went from processing like once a year to now we're processing 15 twice a year. We do like seven or eight a year. So animal agriculture just takes a long time to catch up. I mean, as any agriculture does and to build the infrastructure and stuff, but it's all going back to that March of 2020, like demand and the customer base is there and the audience is there for it. And it's just, it just takes us forever. Well, yeah, like, It's like if you're anything. planting spring wheat the year before breeding cows the year before, right. hoping the demand will be enough next year. So I got to ask the question, cause I'm sure there are some people listening, wondering, so how much of a process would it be for you guys to get the correct licensing and the correct facility to process yourselves and sell direct to consumer as the processed animal. A few million dollars, probably. At least a million dollars. Yeah. You'd have well, to just build do that then. Yeah. Really? So you're going to write us a check, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just break that right there. Yeah, I can write a paper. check. Yeah, right. I mean, that, that's the problem. Like, so you have to build a processing facility. You also have to hire inspectors, veterinarians that do the inspections. At a USDA facility, there is a USDA inspector, but they work for USDA, but they're paid by the local processing plant. So that salary is 
regulated by USDA because it's a government position, but it's paid for by that processing plant. So you have to pay that. Butchers are incredibly hard to come by. It is a, a trade that is completely dying within our American industry that nobody wants to cut up meat. Nobody wants to kill animals, which totally get it. But it's very, very, very hard to staff a processing plant. There's also your local landfill also has to be able to deal with the waste and the carcass. And and we get charged a disposal fee. Um, I think it's $85 we pay per animal for disposal. Per animal? Yeah. $85? Yeah. That's crazy. So that's for hide. That's for blood. That's for carcass. Which is funny because they can sell the hide. Yeah, I know that's so, just when you said that I'm no, like my aunt is an old hippie Indian she would just like she would be making drums with all that she yeah, would yeah, like, batteries are going out of business right. there's nobody that wants to process the hide and do anything with it so yeah we're charged per animal for a disposal, a what, is it, disposal. what does it cost you to butcher all do they charge you per pound then yeah, yeah so we're pound. charged a kill fee we're charged a disposal fee and then we're charged a per pound processing fee and then we're charged a packaging fee. So a beef, a full beef is anywhere from eight to $900. A pig is $400 ish. We do a lot of jerky like we talked about. So we pay all of those fees, kill, disposal, carcass. And then I pay $3.50 per pound of hanging weight to make jerky into jerky. So, so for example, let me just give you, so last time we went over and we picked up jerky from our processor to and pick beef and, and pigs. Beef, but the last time we went, it was $15,000 and we picked up three beef, 15 pigs. And I don't know how many cows for jerky. Yeah. yeah and some jerky. So I suppose jerky costs. Yeah. Jerky, yeah it's three. It's, it's all those animal disposal fees, <clears throat> carcass kill sure. disposal fee, plus three fifty a pound hanging weight to bone it, trim it, and then process it. It has to jerky. sit there taking up so much space in their yeah. right. area yeah. for so, so long. I'm pretty sure around here, it's a buck a pound. A buck? Or oh what? For processing. Well, I don't, I don't know. Think I'm just that, thinking that's about. That's not USDA, though. That's probably yeah. not USDA. So I buy a quarter beef, oh. and it goes in, and it's like uh, 180 pounds, 180 pounds. Yeah, and my, and my processing bill will be $200. See, and that's where we became, you know, by doing the YouTube channel and doing what we can do, and we can become advocates for agriculture, we're trying to tell people, like, support local farmers, support local ranchers. If you can go buy a quarter or a yeah. half, you know, split it with your neighbors or whatever, you're helping keep that rancher or farmer in business. Because one of the biggest obstacles that we contend with as ranchers is when we take our calves to auction, we have no control over what our price is. Obviously, you deal with the same thing. I always say that, you know, if you had a t-shirt company and you made t-shirts and you had a t-shirt machine that broke down, you would raise the price of your t-shirts to be able to afford to buy a new t-shirt machine to get your production back up where it's supposed to be. But if you or I have a tractor that goes down, I can't go to the auction and say, Hey, I need an extra 10 cents a pound to be able to pay for a new tractor or pay for a new engine or whatever. And you can't do that either. When you go to, you know, sell corn, you can't be like, Hey, I need an extra, you know, buck a bushel. Cause I got to buy a new 96, 20 or whatever. Right. So, and that's, and that's where we all get stuck in this same situation. So if people can buy directly from the farmer or rancher, then you're helping support the system from, from the beginning rather than forcing somebody to go through the auction system, which are auctions. There's four major meat processors in the U S there's Cargill, JBS, Tyson, and national beef. They're the four major meat processors in the U S and they, they basically have a monopoly and they set the price. So when we go to auction, we know what we're going to get. And it's either you take that or you leave it. If they offer you a price for your cattle, 
that you're not happy with, you can load them back on a trailer and take them home. But now you're, you know, you got transport costs and everything. You else can refuse a sale. With. You can. So if, you, if it goes in and they, they bid, buy it for whatever nobody you can see. No nobody sales. ever does that. Yeah, sure. I mean, It'd be more expensive to refuse and take them back. Yeah. Right? And, that, and that's what we're dealing with now, even more and more so in the drought that we're having in the West. We heard of a guy that took 40 pairs. So he had a cow with a calf on it and that he couldn't afford to feed. And he said, I can't feed these anymore. I have to sell them. So he took them to auction in Billings. Well, after the auction, Billings called him and said, come get your cows. Nobody bid on them. Nobody could afford to feed them. Nobody wanted them. So the now, what do you, is so bad. now what do you do with them? Yeah. Now that's the situation you're in where you're talking about people giving away pigs or selling them for $80 a piece. That's, so you can go that's what they're, the garage. Yep, that's what they're doing because they had more pigs coming through. They didn't room the facilities. Yeah. They were just anything they could just get rid of. Exactly. Yeah. So now so. he couldn't afford to feed them. Right. Now he drove them to town and back again for no yeah, reason. Yeah, and paid, you know, $600 to take them to town in a truck. Do we you, don't have an auction in our town. So we ship 110 miles away. The closest auction is 60 miles away. So, yeah, we're paying $3 a loaded mile, you know, just to get the cows there. Do you have an update on that? He said 40 pairs. I mean, what has he done? As far as I know, he went and picked them up and brought them back home. And he has to figure out either how to buy hay or I mean, private sale them. or private sale, them. you know, sell them to somebody else who's who's willing to take them. Mm-hmm. So I honestly I have no idea what happened after that point. It's out there. It's a hot mess in the it West. Is, it's a hot mess <laughs> no, in the crazy. West. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. People come to us and they say, well, hey, we want to buy your beef. And we've been looking at ways to sell our beef online and be able to ship hamburger and steaks across the U.S. But at the same time, we feel guilty doing that because we're like, go find a local producer. Right, there's go somebody, find somebody you can yeah. buy a half from and support them. I don't need your, I mean, I'd love your support. I would love to have a hot tub and a new car. Aaron would really like a Yukon someday. <laughs> At the same time, like go support your local farmer and your local rancher, because that's what's going to pay off in the long run. Not supporting some silly YouTube channel, but being able to support agriculture in your area, in your hometown. So that's kind of the direction we end up aiming. We hope to anyway. Everybody gets quiet. It's just mind blowing. It's crazy. Nobody nobody knows any of this. We talk about it all the time. When I do the tour every morning, like I have a whole spiel. So I go through and and the great thing about the tour that I do, and I know it's a huge pain in the ass, honestly, to do a tour every single morning. I have to get out. I have to meet a bunch of people that I probably don't want to meet, that I have to take them around the ranch. But I get a chance to talk to people and I get to talk to people who have no idea where their food comes from, number one. And also they have no idea what farmers and ranchers have to deal with and how, you know, prices are set and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And being able to tell people that 85% of the beef that's raised in the U.S. is actually exported. 85%? 85%? 85% at this point. Japan, China, paying top dollar for U.S. beef. So then we're importing U.S. beef from Argentina and Brazil and Africa. And as long as it's killed and processed and packaged on U.S. soil. Meanwhile, everybody's all worried about climate change and all the crap we're, that we're they're fighting here. And boats. we're paying to have yeah. cows shipped over there. And then we have them paid come from somewhere they get to back. go for a cruise mm-hmm. yeah so they most do. of your grass uh, the bad fed- part is a lot of them don't live through it zach that's i, I actually had a guy send They'll me butcher that anyway right they, that's well, your burger so, so i had a guy send me a video from argentina and i don't think he was supposed to be taking the video but they were showing them loading cows onto these shipping boats and they have a graded floor first of all so the cows can crap and piss through the floor and it goes right in the ocean 
But he said, it doesn't go into the well, ocean. wherever it goes, it, they dump it somewhere. It probably They're goes into the underbottom of the ocean. A, then I bet it goes right into the ocean. Yeah, Come on, so let's be not real. To a septic system in Miami. I mean, they're, they're taking know, it somewhere. Isn't Miami a septic system? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe There's some pretty good ball players come out of there. Ah, we can't so, have many listeners down there. So anyway, <laughs> a lot of agriculture going on down there. But anyway, then they were telling me that a certain number of them die on the boat because the boats rock in or whatever. You know that they're getting. Smashed. Do they well, just yeah, push they're, them into the ocean to feed the? That's what I was told that they just, they just go off the side of the boat. That they. Do just, you believe that? I don't know. I mean, what do you? I don't not believe that. I don't not believe it. It's got to be the most cost-effective way to deal with them. Well, and let's uh, let's be honest. Like something's going to eat it anyway. Like whales die in the ocean too. Right? Right. It's. I mean, whales poop in the ocean. I mean, a whale probably poops a lot more than Zach does. Maybe we've had. I I started to really pay attention to the fruit that I buy at the store. Are we talking about Zach's poop or what? (laughs) No. Oh. <laughs> oh, that one was loose sack. I'll have to but like, better pay more attention. If you'll more buy fruit. like canned mandarin oranges in the grocery store and you actually read the label on it, they'll be farmed in say Argentina and then shipped like literally halfway across the world to be packaged and then they end up back in the US. See, that's the great so there's a thing called it's country of origin up. labeling. So country of origin labeling is a law. So if you buy it, back to the t-shirts, but you buy a t-shirt and it says on the tag, made in China, that's a law. It has to be on there. And your fruit, your mandarin oranges have to be labeled. There's two things exempt from that law, beef and pork. Beef and pork, the U.S. government does not have to tell you where that beef and pork was raised. Why? The The World Trade Organization. The World Trade Organization. So the World Trade Organization came down. Canada, I feel bad. It's not just Canada. It's not just Canada. It's Canada. It's Mexico. It's Argentina. It's everywhere. They basically went to the World Trade Organization and said, U.S. farmers and ranchers have an advantage over us because they can put beef in grocery stores that says U.S. beef, made, raised, packaged, slaughtered, whatever, in the U.S. And if you're standing at the U.S. beef counter and you see that right next to beef that's raised in Argentina, you're going to pick the U.S. beef. I guess my response to that would be tough shit. Yeah. Who f***ing who, right? But why yeah, like, can't, like, if we're so good at raising the beef it, yeah. and they're so good at raising the mandarin oranges or the lemons or the avocados, why can't they leave the beef and the pork to us and because they so, sell JB, us? JBS is the biggest beef processor in this country and two brothers in Brazil own JBS. Isn't, dun, dun, dun. And yeah. isn't China buying up some of the processing plants too now? Yeah, so yeah. Asia is... But only because they want to learn the ways so then they can go back to China and create their own so facilities. Asia, for the last 10 years or so, there's been a huge demand in Asian culture for red meat, where previously that wasn't there. And so, yes, Asia is trying to move into the American beef market. And like Taiwan is importing a ton of American beef, which is fine. I just firmly, firmly believe we don't need to export our product that I, as an American beef producer, believe is superior and import something from Africa or South America. That's the ass backwards part. Yes. If we exported it and they weren't sending it here, okay, fine. Yeah. And the American beef producer, us as cow calf producers, are not seeing the end price of that exported beef product that Asian 
countries are paying top dollar for like trickle down economics are not working for us and like so we are still since m cool the mandatory country of origin labeling was abolished the end of 2015 2015 we saw peak prices we saw anywhere from 1200 to 1500 dollars for a calf which actually pays our operating cost and like plus a profit. And since then we have been averaging 800 to a thousand dollars per calf. Right. And if there's anybody who thinks this is complete bullshit, there's something called the Sterling beef profit tracker that you can just look up online and it tracks profit for producers, feedlots, which is where it goes after us. And then to packers and the average profit for producers is anywhere from 50 to a hundred dollars per calf. So if we have a hundred calves, our whole profit could be $5,000 for the entire year. That could be our profit margin. Feedlots make anywhere from 25 to $50 right now um, per calf. But they have more volume, volume. volume going through. By the time it gets to the Packers, the latest one that I saw was $925 profit per calf for the Packers. And then distributors and grocery stores are also making money. So every day we hear, well, beef prices are continuing to go up in the grocery store and I'm paying more for a pound of hamburger than I have paid in 10 years. So why are ranchers charging more money for their calves? We're We're not. not We're literally getting less. First of all, we we don't get to charge anything for our calves because we're told what our calves are worth. We don't get to set a price. So it's not like I'm going in saying, you know, this is what it is. But yeah, producers on our end are making the least amount of money that we have in the last 10 years. And in the grocery store, the price of beef is the highest it has been in 10 years. And a lot of that comes from COVID because it is, they built that pinch point in. So then they can come back and say, well, you guys have too many calves. So you're producing too many calves. So we're going to lower your price on the supply end, but people want beef. So we're going to raise the price on On the the, demand. demand Sure. Yeah. So how do you compare in your store? Price-wise? Yeah. Pound of hamburger is six seventy five a pound. And in the store right now it's six ninety-nine for ninety ten. So you're actually under like supermarket. Yeah. We don't have the volume and and I have such great local demand and, and stuff that I can't do huge sales and stuff. Sure. The lowest I'll like sell hamburger for is six dollars a pound. Sirloin's ten a pound, T bones are twelve, a ribeye is fourteen dollars a pound. We're ungraded meat because we don't pay to have it graded, but it's ranch-raised beef with no added hormones, no steroids. We finish on corn, oats, and barley for 60 to 90 days. It is USDA inspected, and it is vacuum-sealed and individually packaged. And one of the greatest things about beef You had me at... Boy, corn, oh boy. I can tell you had a job <laughs> in radio. Like, like you, can, <laughs> you just you ramble that off. From, from a farmer or a rancher, you can go to them, and I can tell you exactly, like that T-bone that you bought was born on this day and it was, right. you know, and it was raised this yep. way and I scratched its head on Thursday. Yep. And it you got, know? it got these vaccinations and it was fed this and it was on this pasture at this time and this month. And then we moved it here and we did this and this and this and, and you, this. And it never went for a stressed out boat ride. Right. Nope. Yeah. It never came from Argentina on a boat. It was born here. It was raised here. It got shipped a hundred miles and it had one bad day and came back to freezer camp. I I just can't get over the consumers are demanding to know where their food is. They have this big disconnect, but then our government is allowing all that debauchery to go on. Honestly, I think a lot of it's the drag in the system and the way the system has been set up to be so efficient because 30 years ago, consumers didn't give a shit. You just get meat to mouth as fast as possible. Cheap. And it's cheap. In the 50s and 60s, we started to view food essentially as a commodity. And 
after the Great Depression and everything, our federal government said, we never want food to be scarce again, and we will take care of you. And Which so, is a very legit concern. Yes. And the people at the time needed to hear. But was it the government's hear. responsibility to take care of people or the farmers? It was really during Eisenhower and stuff when food stamps and all that became a part of America that was just like food is now a commodity and it is now as consumers, we want it to be cheap. And I still, even as a consumer of high value food, like, or as a producer's high value food, like our food's more expensive sometimes than grocery store. Like I still want cheap food, but, and this is an interesting analogy that I heard is as your wealth goes up, right? So like, as you go from being, you know, average American citizen to say you, you're lucky enough and fortunate enough to become a millionaire in this country, right? You still will go to Costco and say, I bought 14 steaks for 1099. Okay, I got a great deal. But you will never say that about things like houses or cars. You'll be like, I bought this car and I spent $150,000 on it. And you'll be proud of that, right? As like a wealthy individual in America. Like a a status thing. It's a status. Social status. But you will still brag about going to Costco and buying 15 steaks for $7. (laughs) You know, we want high quality food, but we want to consume it at a very economical price. And so that status, other than like certain things like, I mean, I think we can think of like bougie food of like caviar and like, I don't know. She said bougie. She <laughs> did say bougie. That's been Aaron's word of the month, by bougie the way. Bougie. bougie. Yeah. I learned about a month ago that bougie was a word. Oh, yeah. Ratchet. <laughs> Where did we have this conversation? Well, ratchet, that's a couple of years ago. But the no, bougie, something about whole, bougie. You said. Yes, it was bougie, ratchet. What is it? Oh, gosh. But like we that. don't view food as other than like very, very few things like. I can think of very caviar, caviar yeah. and truffles and well, main lobsters. You mentioned like, corn-fed yeah, ribeye. Ribeye, that is my caviar. Yeah, yeah. it we, should be. Yeah, yes. filet mignon. That'd but, be yeah, bacon wrapped filet. We will buy five dollar Costco chickens all freaking day long, right? And like Costco is literally not even hiring farmers to raise their chickens anymore. They're doing it themselves. Costco has their own farm. Right. Costco and, and has we're their seeing own that farm. across the board. So, okay, here's a question though. Costco, so are they hiring people like Yeah, they probably Swatskis. own they own the animals. So they're hiring Swatskis to care for their yeah. right. birds. They're, they're or somebody paying, they're paying yeah. you to raise their animal. So, they're telling you somebody that it. owns a barn and gets up to feed right. the animals. So every we're day. seeing it even with cattle. So Jeff Bezos, Whole Foods, Walmart, they're coming in and buying cattle ranches. So they want to control the animal from beginning to end. They want to control their profit from beginning to end. So, so Walmart would come to me and say, hey, we'll buy the ranch. We'll pay you top dollar for the ranch. And you still get to work here. But we're going to tell you what cattle you're going to raise, how you're going to raise them, how you're going to feed them. You're going to clock in every day. We're going to tell you what hours you're going to work. We're going to tell you when you're going to have days off. You're going to have to put in for vacation. You and have to feed else. them this on this day and this supplement right. and this mineral program and this vaccination program and this dewormer program. And- right. But from your point of view, now you don't have the risk in it. You take the paycheck. You sell the ranch. It's not your headache. You don't make those management decisions. Right. You still get to do what you love to do without the risk. Yeah. But in that situation, right? if they were telling you something that as a farmer, you knew was just wrong and you didn't agree with it. So say so if you go back and listen to Eric and Erica's podcast on the turkey farm, so they do something similar, not for a big company, but larger. Yep. So just for say, if that company were to come in and tell them, you know, give this to your animals and feed them this. And as a farmer who has been raising these animals for 20, 30 years, you know that that's not right. You wouldn't have the option to. 
You can't I, disagree, right? Because right, you're right. in a contract and you're in a multi-year. Hopefully that wouldn't happen. But animals. when it's people like. I don't, I don't, I don't think they would do anything purposely that, that probably wouldn't be against what I would do. But you lose control. Right. Of your life. Yeah. Right. Like, so I'm going to now all of a sudden, just like Aaron in the very beginning, she said, I didn't want to go to work for Ben Franklin. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I ranch because I want to ranch. Right. I don't want to ranch for somebody else. I don't want to have to kowtow to what somebody else tells me what to do and everything. Shit, I might as well go right. work at Walmart at that point. I can work at the butcher's counter and tell somebody just as much as I can yeah. when I'm working behind the other end of the counter. I mean, it's just like if you go out and you look at your crop and you say, this is working or this isn't working and I want to make this choice based upon the conditions that I see. You know, it's just like if we see an animal that's sick, but if we contracted to a company that said no antibiotics ever... And that animal would suffer and maybe even ultimately die or live a poor quality of life because of this contract that we're in. Like to us as ranchers, that's unethical. Like right. we want to maintain the control to make the best decisions based upon the circumstances that we are seeing on the ground at the forefront of that situation. So. Now hearing all this, Zach, you still want to work for us? <laughs> <laughs> I only worked for that. I mean, what was it? Six well, minutes. I just want to let you know your your position's still open. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, we'll keep it wasn't hard to fill. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we really can't find anybody to fill it. Not for lack of looking, but yeah. Well, you have Jeff. It sounds like we do have Jeff, but he's going to leave when it snows. Exactly. It sounds like. Yeah, at least at least Zach knows what snow is. Yeah, we yeah. do. <laughs> so to me, it really sounds like that the consumers have just been. It was kind of like this big smoke show went up. So right now, everybody's concerned about. GMOs and antibiotics and all this crazy oh, yeah. hoopla. It's magic words. It's magic, it's magic words. And then in the meantime, in the meantime, behind yeah. the scenes, they have no idea. They're all worried about yeah. this up so front. And behind the scenes, it's, their cows you know, and pigs yeah. are coming from who knows where and they're clueless. Yeah. So with animals, all animals, if you give your animals antibiotics, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Save that animal's life. Like antibiotics save lives. But there is a withdrawal period. And so on every antibiotic that we give our animals, it shows what the withdrawal period is. Every medication, every dewormer, every input, there's a withdrawal period. When you go to a USDA inspected plant, they test things like their lymph nodes, their glands, their thyroid, and there's certain characteristics that will show up in those parts of the animal that will lead to say like, oh, I think that there's maybe like there's visual characteristics and they also do like testing to show if there's been antibiotics that have been given that are not within the withdrawal period. So like when they say no antibiotics, it is illegal to give an animal an antibiotic and then slaughter it the next day. Like that's not how antibiotics work. So like labeling of no antibiotics, especially within like the dairy industry and hormones and stuff, you can't legally give animals hormones and antibiotics within like 30 days of processing for most of those drugs. And they're tested at processing or at bottling or whatever to make sure that there's none of that in the system. It gets dumped. So stop worrying about antibiotics and GMOs and actually care about where your food is coming from. That's to me seems like to that should be the slogan. Yeah. I mean, again, way back to like why we started YouTube and stuff. Like I would get asked at farmer's market, is this produce GMO free? I can't buy a GMO zucchini. It doesn't exist. It doesn't. I'm a gardener. Is it (laughs) gluten-free? 
I would yes. like a gluten-free Yes, it is. Zucchini. I can guarantee that. I it is. Gluten-free <laughs> potato chips today. Because people know these words, but they don't exactly know what they mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh. I bought gluten-free potato chips today because, you know, they're potato chips and potatoes don't have gluten. But, you know, so like educate yourself as a consumer and learn what those buzzwords really actually mean and stuff. And so, yeah, there are there are no animals within the food system that have been given antibiotics within that withdrawal period and so there there is no antibiotics that are entering our food system corn on the other hand i hear zach is giving all of his corn antibiotics i don't know that's what's dangerous up with that. stuff yeah. hormones just, hormones basically spray liquid hormone and antibiotics onto yeah. the corn. just straight estrogen right on them. twice a week oh hell whatever <laughs> oh i can tell by the way you guys speak about it that you really don't care about the industry at all yeah, they're not passionate. No, it's really, there was no I mean, passion really, there. I mean, I I could really, I just want to go to bed <laughs> at this point. Like, you know, just let it figure itself out. There's something to be said, like, I think when we started YouTube and we decided to go down this road, I didn't think that we would end up being in a position where we would actually be able to change people's minds about how they think about food. But I get emails every day where somebody says, hey, I went into my grocery store and I, I walked by the beef counter and I thought differently about that. And one of the things that we really wanted to, to start looking at was, you know, making people realize where their food comes from, the families behind it. Now, we talked about putting a face to people's food, but nobody wants to stare a cow in the face while they're eating a hamburger. That's just weird. But if you can put our family, wouldn't that be weird? A little bit. Zach's just like, it's cool. I, I do all the time. I don't give I'm a pretty shit. well aware of where it came from. <laughs> but yeah, but, but most people aren't. That's the thing. Like most people don't know where their food comes from. So if you can put a face behind that food, why not be a family? And why not be our family and, and me and Aaron and Mackenzie and Grace and Lincoln? And not that you're buying your beef from us because you're getting it from millions of other families that are just like ours. We're not corporate farms. We're not factory farms. We're just we're just a family trying to get by every single day. And we're just lucky enough to be in the situation where we have YouTube backing us up, and we've got Instagram well, and YouTube's Facebook not backing us up. Well, YouTube ain't backing shit up, but um, <laughs> we've got videos on YouTube, and they let us put them there for some weird reason until they decide to take them down. You know, we've got companies was it the like- chicken killing video where you butchered them so uh, anything i was just wondering how you got to put that so up that stuff gets demonetized we get demonetized oh. put a chicken butchering video up? Yeah, yeah we butcher chicken so anything pulling a calf yeah. the bulls breeding cows any of that stuff gets demonetized so it can stay and it also gets killed within the algorithm so so it'll go like beat hell so we put up a video of a bull humping a cow right people love it for some weird reason and uh <laughs> i know randy's like watching it over and over and over again he's like oh that's so awesome look at the schlong on that thing. but it was, like, it was the part where you had to help him Oh, like <laughs> I just I help him. I, I guide. I wish the I listeners him. could have I seen your hand him. motion, right? <laughs> it's more of a guiding motion. It's not helping. It's a guiding. But anyway, like that, they do, that's not going to come across the same on audio. <laughs> they they do great for like a few days. They do great, and then all of a sudden, YouTube you know wakes up and goes, "Oh shit, what was that?" And then they kill it. By that time, half the views are there. You still need yeah. a few bucks. Yeah. So even just last month, we put out a video and it was, we had one of our steers that we were going to finish for the farm store that we banned them as calves. And so that they, they go from bulls to steers and that process didn't work. And so he was left with half of. He was left with one nut. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't that the process didn't work. It was that he missed a nut when he banned it. The process half worked. <laughs> <laughs> the process half worked. Hey, you know what? I didn't go about that process so, correctly. So we, we drank a few beers during branding. And by <laughs> yeah. the time you're getting towards the end, counting to two is hard. So, <laughs> so we, we end up getting to one sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. no. So that video did 
extremely well for about 10, 15 days, tons of subscribers, tons of views. And you can watch it in our hourly analytics that it will go from thousands of views an hour to 60 views an hour. (laughs) And that's literally the numbers that we were pulling 10,000 views an hour on a video that was two weeks old to 60 views an hour from one hour to the next. And so something happens where it gets reported, it gets something, it gets flagged somehow in the algorithm and it, it goes from being extremely popular and bringing us a ton of new subscribers, a whole new audience too. You know how we you're going to get that. nothing out of this. You know fix, we just put videos up every week of a bull hump and a cow and we'll be fine. <laughs> That'll just, just be our going. whole channel. Yeah, people will find that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So what kind of videos were you making with this one nut cow? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we, we, we were removing the other nut. Honestly, ah. yes, we were removing the other one. So yeah, it was more of a, it's like a, Old scissors. Uh, it, a was, big it was a big rubber band. Okay. Giant rubber band. Twisted many times around. It, it's yeah. literally not gruesome. How it's do not... you get them to hold still while you do that? We have a... You uh, just tickle them. Trick them. Someone grabs mine. I'm going to hold still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you pull down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we've got a squeeze chute. They go in and squeezes them tight and it holds them close. So, <laughs> sometimes use the thumb. <laughs> You got to warn them first, though. Just a little warning helps. Brace yourself. Is it like you whisper in their ear? Or? <laughs> no, you just say brace yourself. That's all, that's all Aaron ever does. We're going to go about this process. <laughs> here, bring right on this stick really quick. Okay, here we go. Brace yourself. <laughs> that might be a good ending. <laughs> If if people ever listen to this that listen that watch our channel, they're gonna see a whole new side because we're almost like G rated on our channel. Honestly, That's, pretty close. I said hell once, and I got emails where people are like, "I cannot believe you said hell." Oh, like it's like that's hard. That's that's exact reason you started the podcast. Pretty much why this podcast exists. Right. Very I think cool. you said shit. We'll be here next time. week. How's that sound? <laughs> I think what? you said shit, and it was the same thing. And we were we were dealing with you know, the aftermath. Of- I think I was dealing with shit. Yeah. You were dealing with literal <laughs> shit. Yeah. And, and, and that was controversial mm. and, and several emails <laughs> oh. were received about saying the word shit. And it's like, no, that's a real problem in animal agriculture that you have to deal with. And, and yep. you have to deal with shit and you have to <laughs> mitigate that situation. But yeah, it was- we don't deal with, Thumbs up the bum very often, but you know, occasionally. Once in a while. I think that's a that's a navy sometimes, thing. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes you're shoulder deep up the I have been. I have been. In a cow. Yeah, shoulder deep's in a cow many times. Thank you, yeah. Thank you for pointing that difference out. It's a big difference. <laughs> hey Zach, smell my shoulder. <laughs> That would have been a good name for the podcast, too. <laughs> Zach, smell my shoulder. Smell my shoulder. <laughs> Pull my arm. Sometimes it's a long day.